0: Welcome to the Hatha Yoga Podcast. My name is Laura, yoga teacher and corporate lawyer. I'm here today with Johanna romero Baca, an immigration lawyer and bar exam coach from the United States. I've asked Johanna to join me here on the podcast today to talk about how a yoga and meditation practice is very different and in some cases better than just a regular exercise routine. We talk about all the benefits that law students, law grads, and lawyers can get from a yoga practice and why it's not like just going for a run in the park. It's safe to say that both Johanna and I have experienced this firsthand. and if you're sitting out there thinking that you just need to go for a run, do a spinning class, or attend some other cardio exercise and then you've done enough for your body and mind, you're not alone. In my experience, many lawyers have this mindset and we're busy, competitive and want to burn calories. So why do we need a yoga practice? That is the main topic of today's conversation and I'm so excited for you to listen because Johanna has some real nuggets for everyone out there who's struggling with exams and similar challenges in the legal industry and I can't wait for you to listen. Before I get this beautiful interview ready for you, I wanted to tell you that I've created a free five-minute self-care checklist for you where I share a quick self-care routine that you can do anywhere and at any time, even while you work or study. It's a great first resource if you're listening to our chat today and wondering how to get started with a yoga practice or self-care routine or still feel like you're not totally convinced about this yoga thing. Then just start with a five-minute self-care routine. I promise you it won't hurt and your future self will definitely thank you. The checklist is available on my website and you can find a link in the description to this episode. That said, let's start the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Johanna. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you, Laura. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, me too. So before we get started, I wanted to ask you one thing. What is um, one thing you did today to care for your health?
1: It's very early right now, but I did take uh, 20 minutes as soon as I woke up to just make my coffee and relax on the couch and drink my coffee in peace before I started getting ready for the day.
0: Ah, that sounds amazing. I love to start (laughs) my day like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's normally when I take my time to do my morning meditation and my um, Bible reading and things like that. But since I had to be here at 10, I cut it short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. I don't know why, but I am I just love to hear about people's uh, morning routines for some reason. I, I get I so inspired. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we can probably dive into that later. Um, we're here today to uh, talk about how yoga can help lawyers and law students, law grads to, to move through challenges, like for instance, passing the, the bar exam. And um, I'm curious to know more about your background in law. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure.
1: Well, I'm I'm Johanna, I'm a lawyer and a bar exam coach, and I failed the bar exam the first time. And then I went on to pass it in three states here in the United States. And now I am in the process of going from failing to passing in three states. I developed a three-part framework, and that's the framework that I'm teaching now to my clients. And really it's about um, changing the way that that you're studying, then um, improving your writing skills and incorporating this mindset wellness piece into the process. And that's really one of the main things that I had to change after failing the bar exam the first time. I was devastated and um, very anxious about the whole situation. And so I had to do things differently. And the, one of the main things that I did was incorporate a yoga and meditation and exercise and eating properly and drinking enough water and all that good stuff. And that was a game changer. That's really how I was able to calm myself down and be in a place where I could study and could absorb the material and go from failing to passing. So I wouldn't have passed much less than three states had it not been for that wellness routine. So that's why I'm here and so happy to be talking to you about this because I really believe in it.
0: Yeah passing the bar exam three times that's uh, <laughs> that's crazy I'm, I'm not sure all lawyers can can say that they did that and and now you you help other people pass the bar basically what what does it mean to be in bar, a bar exam coach what, what what kind of work do you do yeah I, like i said i take them through this three part
1: framework and i spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with them at first um changing their mindset how they approach the bar exam and how they view it as a stressful situation and just try to make them see it as not a dangerous stressful situation and then i work with them on how they're studying i don't know how it's set up in denmark but here when you graduate from law school you go into a bar prep course and you start doing their tasks but many bar exam students get caught up just completing the tasks and not really understanding the material. So I have a different approach to how they're bar prepping. So they're not just completing tasks mindlessly, they're actually learning.
0: Yeah, that's great. (laughs) We all need that instead Uh of just memorizing material. And then the moment we walk out the exam room, it's like, oh, All that knowledge, it just went out my brain again.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Nobody tells us this. So we don't know that we aren't translating what we're doing, that what we're doing isn't translating to performance on the test.
0: Mm, So I teach
1: them how to bridge that gap, how to build, you know, build that bridge so that what they are doing does translate into performing well on an exam.
0: Wow, that's great. So it's really like a, a combination of a wellness program, it sounds, and then at the same time becoming a better lawyer, like also from a professional point of view. <laughs> yes.
1: And I don't do the the wellness side. I just guide them and I coach them and then I leave them to find their own ways because some people resonate with different methods. But that is key and crucial for them to be in a good place to, to absorb the material and to improve their writing skills.
0: Yeah, for sure. Wow, I'm 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 sure you're helping so many young Aww. aspiring lawyers to, to get a better experience than most of us had when we had to pass the bar. <laughs> Thank you, Laura, I'm trying. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess you, you decided to become a bar exam coach because you had all these experiences. Do you remember how you felt during law school and when you passed the bar and, and your first years of legal practice? Like what emotions were were present for you?
1: Yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for people who are struggling um, to pass the bar exam. And yeah, like you said, it started in law school. I used to work full time and go to law school in the evenings. I was in DC, great university. I worked at a big firm but I was stressed and overwhelmed trying to do it all, trying to, um, I had too much on my plate. And so I started getting anxious, suffering from anxiety, depression, um, burnout, all that good stuff. And then I never took care of it. I just went straight, when I graduated, I went straight into bar exam prep, and then the anxiety got even worse because now you're in this high pressure situation. And again, I kept on working. I thought I could do it all, um, and then I paid the price in the end. So, I turned to when I was so when I was so anxious and so overwhelmed. I turned to traditional Western medicine and went to you know the psychologist, and then got anti prescribed anti anxiety medications. But what I noticed was that that was just um, toning down the the symptom. It wasn't really resolving it. So I was still anxious.
0: So what kind of. Uh, symptoms that you have in your body? How did it how did the anxiety manifest for you? Because I know it, it's so different for many people. For me, it's like, I get this feeling of always shaking all over my body and my hands and my fingers are constantly shaking, I can't hold on to anything. But um, that sounds very foreign to a lot of people. So I'm curious to know, how how did you notice this in your own body?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because you're right, everybody has different symptoms. For me, when I would sit down to study, this is during bar prep, I, I couldn't focus on where to start. I was so overwhelmed that I wasn't thinking clearly. I didn't have a plan. It was like everything was getting mixed up in my brain and I couldn't see clearly a path forward. So that was one symptom. I would sit down. So it wasn't that I wasn't studying. I was studying. I would sit down to study and then I was like freak frozen. That was one thing that I noticed. Another thing was my shallow breathing. (gasps) I couldn't take a deep breath. It was very shallow and it makes you feel uncomfortable when you're not breathing well. That was another symptom. And yeah, I think those were the two and just a general feeling of overwhelm and stress and and, uh, unease
0: yeah for sure It's like it also comes with like for many people that they struggle to sleep or maybe they have bad dreams or dream about the the cases or the exams It can come with in so many different costumes and i know this this type of shallow breathing it it definitely has other consequences as well right <laughs> because you're like oh, i'm actually not getting enough enough uh, oxygen from my body um so it's like gonna completely health <laughs> side of side of things. Not that I'm a doctor at all. I can explain <laughs> that, but, um, but that's yeah. something you can notice in your body when it's like, wow, it's like, I don't have enough air to breathe.
1: Yeah. And we just yeah. plough through, I think we were not really, or at least I wasn't aware. I was just plowing through going to work, doing my thing, being responsible, going to my classes, doing my bar prep. You just ignore it and shove it under the rug and don't really deal with it head on.
0: Yeah, it's, it, they are sort of like subtle, shallow symptoms in a way. So um, I remember I, I didn't know that it was not normal to walk around feeling like this. I just thought, well, that's that's just how it is to be alive. That's how my body <laughs> feels. I didn't know it was a problem until yeah. it, it started getting worse and worse. And I was like, hold on. Uh, something isn't right here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should deal with this or ask other people, hey, are you feeling like this too when A, B or C happens? Right. Yeah. So what was the consequence of living like this for you? What, what happened?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I failed the VAR exam the first time. And I think that was my low point. I think that's where that was my turning point that I knew if i kept my same lifestyle i would fail again and i was suffering i was i knew that i wasn't thinking clearly i was still anxious i still couldn't focus and i had to do things differently so yeah that was that was the turning point once i failed <laughs> the bar exam i learned the hard way
0: yeah it almost sounds like you went into a type of survival mode
1: Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. That's
0: our, our
1: brain, the natural reaction to, to danger. And I, I was perceiving the bar exam as a dangerous situation. My brain, you know, survival mode kicks in and you can't think with the part of the brain that is in charge of thinking straight and rationally and concentration and focus. So yeah, a hundred percent in survival mode.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you want to explain a little bit more with this type of survival mode if someone's sitting out there thinking like oh but I have to pass the bar exam soon and and I feel the same way I can I can't concentrate I can't focus I feel overwhelmed what are some of the symptoms they need to be aware of if um, if it's coming up and and it feels like this for them
1: yeah, I think what we've been talking about, the we talk about anxiety in our world, in our stressed out bar exam or lawyers or law students, mm-hmm. we manifest this survival mode. We talk about it as um, burnout, stress, anxious, overwhelm. Once those words are coming out of your, your mouth or that's what you're feeling in your body, that means you are in survival mode. Wow. Shallow breathing, um, for you, the shaking.
0: Yeah, bad dreams or I Insomnia. guess it, it can yeah, also be around like either you eat too much or you don't eat <laughs> anything at all. It's like you eat yeah. your emotions. Uh, it's so different for many people. But essentially, once you start comparing yourself to, okay, I was maybe thriving, I don't know, back in high school or college and you begin to notice, okay, I'm I'm not feeling the same way. I'm, I don't really recognize my own personality anymore because I've I've kind of taken on this gray identity, or I I don't have the bandwidth or the energy to go and do the things I used to do. Those would probably be signals as well that you need to pay really close attention to.
1: Yes, yes, and I'm glad you mentioned the the eating. Yesterday, I was talking to someone who's thinking about hiring me and she said she lost 20 pounds during her bar prep. So yeah. Yeah, wow. That's That's a lot. (laughs) It really is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so unfortunately, (laughs) I would say many lawyers have this very competitive mindset. We see the bar exam as another milestone that we need to pass and we need to do it the best way and the right way and um, it that's true for the bar exam but it also translates into everything we do in our everyday life i would say and many lawyers believe that they have to beat themselves up as part of their exercise routine to have done good enough like one example could be if you're a lawyer or law student law grad for that matter and you've heard oh well it's good to practice yoga I know I'll feel better with it then it's so typical for us to go and choose like the most advanced type of yoga go into a hot yoga room and do a fast-paced power yoga flow class because it feels like you've only done good enough if you've beat yourself up for 90 minutes in a hot room and you come out feeling like a piece of shit <laughs> it's just that competitive mindset and it's so difficult to to turn it off and I'm I'm guilty. Of it myself for sure. I'll be the first one to admit that. But where do you think this belief comes from, or this mindset? Yeah, I don't know, Laura. <laughs> Unfortunately, <it's laughs> ah, the same I hope way. you have the answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the same way, in the United States, we're you know, driven and thinking that the more we do, the happier we will be. We've bought into this into this um, philosophy unfortunately and like I'm guilty I was I am guilty I have to work on it every day to not overwork myself and to not um think that I am worthy or that I am good enough only when I am overworking and I think that's where I think it really comes you know comes from at least for me that I realized that I wasn't feeling worthy unless I was overworking and killing myself and exercising to death or working long hours or studying for 12 to 14
0: hours at the library. Um, so, sure. yeah, it's, and- it's it's like that's how we're raised to think. And, and it's interesting because we, you're from the U.S. and I'm from Denmark and Europe, and the mentality is just the same, that it's like you it's almost like, well, you, now you got into law school or you got this uh, position with a big law firm. You've, you should really um, prove to everyone that you deserve to be there. You deserve your spot and um, that's, you deserve it in that way that you, you go and you work your ass off and and you hustle your way through. Um, I remember when I was in law school, uh, once a week, I worked for voluntarily in this legal aid in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and I would have um, some of my days would look like I'd get get up at six o'clock in the morning and then I'd go I also had a student job with a with a big um, drilling rig company and um, so I would go there and work for the legal department that I was part of from probably 7 30 in the morning and I would stay until uh, in the afternoon so I could take the train and go to the legal aid and work there voluntarily so not getting paid um, for three four hours and then I would go home and I I sometimes remember having this thought on the way home like wow today my work day was like plus 15 hours of hardcore work I've really been um, a good citizen. I've done my my duty as, as a good citizen to the society and, and I've been out there earning my salary and helping other people out. Um, and I felt really good about it. But at the same time, I came home at 10.30 in the evening feeling completely exhausted because it was challenging for me. I, I was still studying and I didn't have a lot of experience at the time. So Giving legal advice face to face to people that come in with all sorts of questions and a legal aid, that's super challenging and (laughs) uncomfortable sometimes. Um, But I kept telling myself, wow, you did a good job. You were a good citizen today. Keep it up. It's not like, "Uh, Laura, maybe you need to take a break tomorrow because I just kept going at that pace. Right.
1: Right. And now that I have um, a son, I know that you don't have kids, Laura, but I have, my son is 10 and it's sort of that fine line. I don't want him to be playing video games all day, but I also don't want him to think that he's only good enough when he's achieving and accomplishing and winning awards. And so how do I teach him that balance? And I always tell him, you know, if he wins a piano competition, I, I love you because you're you, not because you won a piano competition or because you got good grades in math. I want him to know that he's worthy as he is, that he was worthy the minute he was born. It's not once he gets that award or once he achieves and passes the bar exam one day, you know, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and we, we need that reminder. And I think yoga is a great tool to, to get that reminder because we're every time we do yoga, we're we're basically reminded that we're just here to to be. we're we're human beings. We're not human doings, but sometimes <laughs> we really forget about that because it's like, oh, I have all these things on my to-do list I need to check off. And once I have checked them all off, i'm I'm this superhuman who's done everything right, and I deserve my spot in the universe or whatever. <laughs> but you you already deserved it, even though none of those to- do's were checked off, right? But sometimes we forget that. Yeah, yeah. And
1: also, when we travel, we could talk about this
0: forever, but I don't know if
1: you've noticed when you travel to different places and people are happy and they're not doing, 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 when their mentality and their philosophy and way of life is different than our doing, doing, doing mentality. And they walk around, you know, and they're happy and they're dancing and they're singing and taking their time drinking their coffee or whatever it is
0: (laughs) for sure we could definitely learn something from that (laughs) yeah yeah so we've both been feeling like this and I'm I'm curious to know sort of what was the light bulb moment for you what what tools and practices did you use to to overcome the anxiety and and the overwhelm that you were feeling what was the turning point for you
1: yeah, when I when I failed the bar exam, I was in D.C. and um, working and trying to do it all. And I decided my sister lived in Miami at the time, and she's my best friend, and I have so much fun with her. And so I decided to move to Miami during my bar prep, and she worked full time. So I was in her apartment studying during the day while she was at work. And I decided to incorporate yoga and meditation and exercise and all that wellness routine. So I would study, um, be really productive in the morning, and then take my break, my lunch break for yoga and meditation and all that stuff, and then come back and be really productive in in the afternoon before she came home
0: wow that's great how did you make that shift because it sounded like well you failed the bar exam and everything was overwhelming then you went to be with your sister but what's what sort of changed your mindset that you could suddenly tell yourself okay I need to sit down in the morning and study and then I make time for yoga practice because to me that sounds really cool that you were able to do that but most people in survival mode are not able to to make that shift because they're already in so deep. They're like, oh, if I also have to take on a yoga practice now, I don't know, the world is going to collapse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, and I've said this, I say this a lot, that um, failing the bar exam was a big blessing because I learned, as soon as I failed the bar exam, I saw the mistakes that I made. And one of the mistakes that I made was, killing myself to death in the process. And so that was super clear to me that if I kept going the same way that I had approached the bar exam the first time, I would get the same results. So that's sort of, I just had a light bulb moment, like Johanna, you know, this didn't work for you the first time. What makes you think this is going to work for you again? You're anxious, you're stressed. This led you down the wrong path, do something differently. And to be honest, Laura, it was sort of out of um, desperation. I hit a literal low point. I couldn't keep living my life the same way. And I remember my dad when growing up, he used to use um, self-hypnosis to deal with whatever it was that he was dealing with. And I think that sort of seeing him sort of use the mind to um, get out of survival mode or to deal with, you know, hard situations sort of I think must have had an influence on me and at some level. And I decided to turn to something like yoga and meditation.
0: Yeah, great. Yes. Sometimes we just really stand at that crossroads in our life and we're like, okay, it's just not working what I'm doing. I need to make a change and it's not going to be easy, but, but I just have to, to get it done because otherwise I'm not going to get over there on the other side. Yeah. Wow. So there was a better way and <laughs> that way was self-care for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can be many things, as you already mentioned, it could be going for a walk or making sure that you drink enough water or get enough sleep. And I'm sure that a lot of uh, people, law students, law grads and lawyers, for sure, they think that um, exercise is also a good type of self-care which it definitely is, but I'd like to talk a bit more about why exercise isn't enough for you um, and for your self-care routine uh, during bar prep, for instance. So going for a run and getting your heart rate up and doing cardio, it's definitely good for you, no doubt. But why do you believe that we need more nuances or doing something differently in our self-care routine than just having exercise? Um, Would you what does that look like according to you a healthy self-care routine
1: yeah i think yoga provides a great container for breathing differently and for moving your energy differently inside your body compared to running for example your breathing while running doesn't change in the same way that it changes when you're practicing yoga And the weird yoga positions also are conducive to energy shifting and moving and releasing from your joints and your body. And I don't know what, you know, what happens, but running the movement that you do in running is very similar to what you do every day, walking. And so your body doesn't have an opportunity to move energy around like it does when you're doing a weird yoga pose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah for sure that's well that's what we learned a lot about in yoga teacher training how all these different postures they actually work with your body and work with the energy centers of your body that okay i'm doing a triangle pose i'm doing a downward facing dog and you just think that the teacher is asking me to do that because i don't know they like that posture or you get pretty (laughs) shoulders if you do it whatever it is but there are so many benefits associated with it that I I didn't even start to think about it before I I dove into the whole uh, yoga philosophy and learning more about it. Um but but the first time I I sort of realized that there was something about it was when I I was doing a yoga retreat and I was reading in this book called Asana Pranayama Mudra which <laughs> is a very long Sanskrit title um and basically the title means different um tools that we can use in yoga to feel better but i was i was um looking in this book um and reading about a specific posture that i was obsessed with funny enough it was this super advanced posture the the forearm balance scorpion pose where you're on your forearms balancing with your head down and you have your feet up in the air but you want to do a backbend at the same time and get your oh. toes to the crown of your head
1: Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) And I don't know why I was so obsessed with this posture. I was like, I want to be able to do that one day. Again, the super competitive mindset of like, I want to be able to do the most advanced (laughs) yoga posture that I can find, even though I'm super stressed out and I should probably just do something (laughs) way more simple. But I was reading about it because I wanted to know like the the physical side of things. How do I actually get into this? What do I need Mm -hmm. to do with my limbs? Um, and then I found this section in the book that said, um, "It's why is it called the scorpion pose? Mm. Um, and it basically explained that your toes, that you want to get down mm. to the crown of your head, um, mm-hmm. they're like the claws of a scorpion um, to... And the idea is that the, the, the claws are going to remove the anxiety from the crown of your head. Oh, and when wow. I read that, I was like, oh my God, this is not <laughs> just an advanced yoga pose. <laughs> <laughs> this wow. is crazy. There is a meaning behind all of this. And and then I just kept reading in this book and I was like, oh, and with this triangle pose, so you actually do the downward-facing dog because of whatever. Like there's so many interesting and energetic um benefits that to most people that see a yoga class from the outside are like they're just doing funky postures um but really there there are so many different issues that we can target and and put a class together using only postures that work with anxiety or insomnia or depression whatever it is
1: right and the cumulative effect of doing that's why it's called the practice of yoga it won't have if you know if you just do one class today it won't solve all your problems tomorrow you have to the commune the cumulative effect of breathing properly day after day after day after day that's what leads to your nervous system calming down and sure. moving your energy day after day, after day. so yeah
0: yeah It really is. And it's such a great practice of like um, learning how to breathe properly and relax while you're under pressure. So certainly if you want to try that forearm balance with a backbend, it's not going to be easy the first many hundred times that you do it. Um, But now I've been practicing that posture so many times that I'm actually able to get into some sort of variation of it and breathe pretty calm at the same time. Um, and relax my body parts like for instance your face and your jaw it they need to be relaxed for you to get deeper you need to relax. Uh, around the area of your your glutes for instance Mm -hmm. some people say you need to contract but figuring Mm -hmm. out how where in your body do you need to let go and be calm to do something that is so advanced and i think it's a beautiful metaphor if you translate that into well if i need to pass my bar exam i can't walk in there with my jaw completely clenched and shaking all over my body i need to learn how to control my body in a stressful situation like that um and that's where my yoga practice just comes in again and again and again. When I face something at work, I have to do a difficult negotiation. I have to do a presentation and I'm like, oh, I really don't like this. And the opposing counsel is really uncomfortable <laughs> and has way more experience than me. Um, and I could walk into the room and and start shaking and feel bad if I had not practiced so much yoga and learned how to control my body and not control it in a negative way, but sort of work with my body instead of my body working it against me in a difficult situation. That's beautiful, Laura. I love that description. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's exactly the benefits. And I think a lot of bar exam students um, who haven't experienced that benefit don't um, think that yoga is a waste of time.
0: For sure. And I I thought that too, like I, (laughs) we've actually talked about this before, but I I think it's, it's such a funny story because most people see me today as this person who loves to do yoga. And I talk about yoga all the time and breath work. Um, But I used to be a type of person who did not see the benefits of yoga at all. I thought it was a waste of time and I would always just find the most cardio heavy strength heavy fitness heavy type of exercise that I could find again because I I knew I had to push myself harder and beat myself up that was kind of the, my immediate response yeah and I went to a pilates class with my sister back in 2015 so seven years ago and she brought me to this pilates class in in the gym that we we went to at the time hmm Um, And I was lying on this mat and the instructor just told me to breathe for an hour. And I I was just (laughs) in that room thinking like, oh, this is such a waste of time. I could be on the treadmill and I could have burned 700 (laughs) calories during this hour and I could have worked on my six pack. And I, (laughs) I mean, I just did not get it. it it didn't make any sense to me and i just walked away from the gym feeling like a failure because what had i achieved during that hour it was a waste of time that's how i used to think about um yeah. yoga and and pilates and and all these yeah types of exercise or, or practices that can help you get your breathing under control at the time i was I must have been like two, three years into law school. And and that was the approach I had, always beating myself up. So it wasn't until um, I got a concussion, actually, in my first year of practice in 2019. So I had graduated law school and I was working for a big law firm. Um, and then I got a concussion and I was still really heavy into the whole fitness industry and just working out all the time. And mm-hmm yeah hustling at work, hustling in the gym, um, mm-hmm. and the concussion forced me to slow down. and mm-hmm. um, so i um I talked to my physiotherapist, and I was like, What am I going to do? I can't just <laughs> like not move, because I definitely understood that exercise and cardio, it's part of this important self-care routine. But I was like, what's my alternative? I can't Mm -hmm. lift the heavy weights or anything. And my physiotherapist told me, well, you can basically do all the movements that you normally do in the gym. You just can't add any weight and you can't get your heart rate up. And I was (laughs) like, what the (laughs) hell? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to me. So I started exploring a little bit yoga because essentially fitness movements without weights could very well look like yoga right (laughs) um and it really became this eye opener for me that wow it's it can can feel good to move my body I don't have to always compete against myself or put myself under pressure I could actually just experiment with like what's it like to have shoulder rotation going on like Mm -hmm. okay it actually opens up Um so it's just yeah, I don't I don't even know where I started here, but it's such (laughs) such an eye-opener for me to to understand that exercise doesn't have to be this thing where we beat ourselves up all the time. Right. I used to do spinning classes and I love spinning, they're a great workout.
1: Um but it doesn't provide that container of breathing and shifting your energy and the mindfulness, the, the getting inside and being aware of your thoughts and yeah. yeah
0: you're really just in this room with an instructor screaming at you and playing really <laughs> loud music and probably also stressful music for most right. people um I, I recently attended um, a gym class in something called berries in Denmark mm, what is- I think it's a global gym chain, but the idea basically is that you you walk into this room um, mm-hmm. and you're doing a fitness class or so there's an instructor, but the lights are turned off and instead it's exchanged with just red lightning. So there are red lights all over the place and mirrors all over the place and the music is turned up at a really high volume. And it's like this kind of techno clubbing party music. And yeah. then you can either um, be on the tread, or you shift between being on the treadmill and <laughs> and working out on the floor doing like strength-based exercises. Um, and then first you, you run and then you do the exercises and then you shift back and forth a couple of times. And I went in there because I'm just curious generally to explore new ways of moving and just seeing like what's going on here but I just I I did it two times the first time I was like okay that was fun Um, (laughs) not really my type of workout and definitely very different than yoga but the second time I really had like a a bodily reaction to the whole experience I I, it was like I started getting anxiety my whole my um, digestion just freaked out completely and I couldn't fall asleep at night and I was like maybe this exercise isn't oh. really right for me. I, I just did it recently a couple of weeks ago um, because I thought, well, I'm in a good shape, I can do it. But I think once you get really deep into your yoga practice, it's it's easier to make the energy move, <laughs> the energy mm-hmm. that we talked about mm-hmm. before from the different postures that we become aware of it. And it doesn't take that much to sh- to sort of shake it out and bring it into a state where it's like, oh, I actually don't really feel balanced anymore. And um, so I just concluded maybe I should not walk into a dark room with red <laughs> lights and loud music. I don't think that's self-care to me, but for many people, it really is self-care. And I see a lot of like consultants and lawyers, they, they prefer this type of exercise because it's like, well, I really slayed, I really hustled, I really sweated it all out. And I'm like, wow, guys, you should really learn how to treat yourself a little bit nicer.
1: <laughs> right. And it's counterintuitive. I think when you are in that hustle, hustle mentality, this seems like a different planet and many people aren't willing to
0: try it. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who is really deep into the whole like hustle mentality and overworking themselves and <laughs> doing like <laughs> hardcore cardio um, training? Not that it's not good, but Right. How do you get out of it or something else?
1: Yeah, I try to help them see that they will become more focused and productive and think rationally and clearly and be able to strategize their way Um, during bar prep. It will, once they're out of that survival mode, all these positive things start to happen. Um, So I sort of come at it from a a, um, focus and a productivity angle. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, if you sit down to study for an hour, you will get more juice out of that one hour if you've done yoga and meditation and calmed yourself down and gotten out of that survival mode. So instead of killing yourself in the library for 12, 14 hours or um, until the library closes, Mm You don't need to spend 12, 14 hours because you are getting more juice out of one hour. So you're going to accomplish more and get through more material during that one hour than you would if you aren't doing getting out of that survival mode.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I, I think that explanation, it, it it makes so much sense. If if you're a busy law student, law credit lawyer listening to this, you'll be like, Wow! Really? <laughs> like, because <laughs> yeah. if someone told me that there is a secret weapon out there that I could yeah. use to get more done in the library or at work, I would definitely try it out. Um, and and especially if that also means treating myself nicer and feeling good in my body, maybe not having so much pain or headache or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So I had this past bar exam that we had in July. One of my clients also did um, a bar exam wellness program and yeah with Dana yes, yeah
0: so- <laughs> Dana Shaker she was on the podcast previously oh great
1: yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so our client she did both programs simultaneously, my program and Dana's program and this client reported being 90% more productive once she started wow. incorporating everything that she was learning in Dana's program. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I could see it from the bar exam, as the bar exam coach from her essays and everything she was turning into me, I could see the difference in her her thoughts and in how clear her mind was, how clear her essays were. I could see that everything she was doing on the wellness
0: front was translating into the quality of her work. That is great. And it's such a good uh, reminder that it is that the yoga practice, it isn't just a waste of time. It is taking away all that clutter that we have in our minds of like, oh, I also need to do -do 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 -do," and I get distracted all the time. No wonder you can't sit down and write an essay on time. If your mind is constantly distracted and filled up with negative thoughts, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs)
1: Yes. And I hear a lot. I I don't know about um, in Denmark, but um, procrastination and lack of motivation is a big, is a big problem. Um, when they're studying for the bar exam, they end up doing, I don't know, watching Netflix instead of studying or going for a run instead of studying or your household chores instead of studying. So you're avoiding bar exam related tasks because you're afraid of failing. And so that fear and that survival mode just makes you procrastinate. And so once you're out of that survival mode, you're less um, you're less inclined to waste time and watch Netflix and to show up for yourself day in and day out.
0: Sure. And I guess that's also why a yoga meditation practice may seem daunting if you're in that state of mind, because you know that if you have to get still, you have to face that fear, really look it in the eye and you'll be like... <gasps> That day is coming up and I feel horrible about it and all my emotions, they just are flowing around in my body. But at some point we have to deal with it and and face it because otherwise, if we don't do while we prepare for the exam or the difficult day, then it's just going to catch up with us once we're in the room writing the exam or taking that meeting or talking to that partner, whatever it is. And it's so much nicer to have the bodily and the emotional reaction when you're on your own at home and you can deal with it and you can say, okay, wow, what was that? And you can look back and observe, why did I react this way? What came up for me? And maybe the next time you step on your mat, you get the same reaction, but it's a little bit less because you already peeled off a layer. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And think about, it seems... Um, like once you're not in that survival mode and worried about passing the bar exam or you know your achieve chief hustle hustle mentality, it's so obvious that if you're anxious today and tomorrow and the next day, like what makes you think that when you walk into that exam room, you're all of a sudden going to be calm and everything's gonna fall into place and you're gonna be clear headed. <laughs>
0: it's so obvious i think that's just human nature that we're like pushing it in front of us and we're like okay if i just don't think about it it's not gonna happen but it is and i actually have a really um practical example from my own life so i had to pass my bar exam in january this year or -hmm. 2000 2022 Mm -hmm. um and I had a really strong yoga practice at the time, like like I do today. It's only uh, less than a year ago. And I had always looked at that day of uh, doing my final bar exam. In Denmark, we do two bar exams. We have the written one. I had passed that. And the only thing I had left was my mock trial. And I just had this picture in my head before the day of my mock trial that I would not be able to stand up and hold on to my notes while I was defending my client. Um, it was such an uncomfortable thought for me because I was like, what do I do when I have to stand up in the room in front of the judge and they will see that I can't hold on to my papers? And I had visualized that situation so many times in my head that I was like, I just, I can't have that happen. It's it's going to be so embarrassing. Um, so at the time I had I had taught a lot of yoga classes as well, which definitely made me better at presenting publicly, especially mm. wearing yellow yoga pants with my <laughs> face upside down and all these things. <laughs> so it's it was almost like I hadn't specifically trained for the situation to go through my mock trial, but once it was my turn to stand up with my papers in the hand and start talking in front of the judge suddenly it was like some kind of superpower came out through my body and I could straighten out my spine roll my shoulders back hold on to the papers and look the judge in the eye and be like this is why I'm going to win this case and just start talking and I was so surprised with myself I was like where did this come from um, and yeah. because if I had just kept sitting nervously at my desk preparing and just writing memos and whatnot uh, going through cases that would have not helped. Well, of course, it's good to be prepared, but all the physical practice and meditation I did on my mat, working with my breath, it helped me in that moment to stand up and be like, Laura, you got this and we can get through it. And I I noticed while I was standing there in the room, I was like, Laura, it's kind of like you got this. (laughs) And it, it made me even more confident. I was like, oh, wait a moment. I'm not shaking. Oh, wait a moment. I can actually speak and it made the experience so much nicer and and it 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 was almost like well it's just a side benefit that that I'm able to do this but I think it would have never happened if I hadn't practiced so much yoga before because I knew I can work with my body it's not working against me as I had feared day in and day out that it would on that day i love that story yeah you. with your body and your mind you got both
1: under control yeah it worked and, out and it sounds like we both stumbled upon the benefits that we didn't really know what we were getting into when we... <laughs> you know what I mean it's until
0: you, you really experience it that that you're like oh wow this does work <laughs> yeah it's really um, it's really interesting that I, I was even a yoga teacher at the time and I was so surprised that like wait, it is working, I can actually move through challenges in my corporate and and legal profession with this very Eastern and alternative practice that, well, to a lot of people, it seems that way that, Mm -hmm. oh, well, yoga is, is this type of practice that you've why would you do that? Um, you can't show up in a in an orange dress and and shave off all your hair and go into a law firm. It's not how it works. But I'm so interested in how can we take this old ancient practice and all the tools that it offers and translate it into a modern legal life. See how. How can we use these tools to show up in a law firm and do the best or show up at our bra exam and do our best and not feel awful about ourselves? I remember when I, when I had to quit my job in the, the law firm I worked for, I was very nervous. I was always nervous in that law firm. It was like this constant um, feeling of shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just came back from a yoga retreat back then. So I thought I need to get myself together before I walk into my partner's office and and resign. So I went to the bathroom and I started doing nadi shodana, alternate nostril breathing. Uh-huh. So I was basically just yeah. sitting in the bathroom for five minutes, closing one nostril breathing in, closing the other one breathing yeah. out, and I did that for a little while, and it just made me able to go into that room and be like, "I'm resigning. I'm out of here." <laughs> peace out peace out yeah and I did my breath work before (laughs) my yoga teacher she laughed so much when I told her the story because it seems a little silly like why why would that help but it just for some reason I could keep myself together during that conversation instead of being like one big excuse for resigning ahead of time
1: yeah and that's a, a tool that you have in your back pocket you could use it at any time just like you used it before resigning a bar exam taker could use it before Well, they're waiting for the exam
0: to start um you could use it for the rest of your life certainly there are so many situations where you, where you can do that for like this alternate nostril breathing. I have it with me all the time. If I sit mm-hmm. in a meeting where I'm like, Oh, I'm really uncomfortable. And I know it's my turn to present in a moment. I'll sit and almost like I'm covering my face, mm-hmm. but I'll do that breath exercise. And they, don't know. they don't know, like <laughs> they won't see it. It's like, I'm, I don't know, scratching my face, but actually right. I'm calming my nervous system while I sit there in my, lawyer suit looking like someone who's totally got it together but I haven't (laughs) that's just one example
1: (laughs) right so you could at least for me you know how I shared that I turned to anti-anxiety meds so Mm. I could you know those were my choices basically the anti-anxiety meds or I could start breathing the breathing nostril exercise (laughs) and I mean or I could do both I guess but um, and there's nothing wrong with anti-anxiety meds. I'm not saying that they're bad or anything like that, but you can combine that with your breathing and your yoga.
0: For sure. And like, I've, I've never taken anti-anxiety meds before, but, but I just have this idea that maybe once you start to get more and more into yoga and meditation practice, you can start to Wait take and less, Yeah. Med- medication. Yeah. So, um, they kind of, help each other in a way until you're at a point where when you naturally can control your body and your mind and how it's reacting one of the teachers that I practice yoga with he always says like this this yoga practice was just what the doctor ordered and the doctor is the one inside of you and your whole body (laughs) is a it's a pharmacy basically you don't need to go and take all these pills or drink alcohol or have all these external factors so you can deal with your body because everything you need it's already inside of you and your body knows you just have to be open to it and and have the patience to let the practice do its work oh I love that yeah okay so we're going to start to wrap up here. But before we do, I want to ask you three rapid fire questions. Are you ready. <laughs> I'm <am> ready. <laughs> Yay. Okay. What is one book you would recommend to law students, law grads and lawyers embarking on their career journey?
1: Oh, wow. I haven't thought of this in a while, Laura. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking I have the book in my head. It was um, recommended in one
0: year when a law school. Oh, yeah, do you remember the title or what it's I, about?
1: <laughs> I don't. I wish I did. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. I'm so sorry. That's all right. right? I think nowadays it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be law related. It would be wellness
0: related. Sure. It doesn't have to be a law um, book. Like how boring would it be to read another <laughs> book on tort law to deal with your anxiety process? So whatever wellness book comes to mind, that's fine too. Yeah, Right now I'm really into a,
1: um, it's like a journaling. It's called the artist's way. I don't know if you've heard about it. No, I haven't. This lady, it's like 25 years old and now has made a comeback But she basically the book uh, talks about how you find your creativity by journaling three pages every day. Yeah, She calls it the morning pages. And so and then she recommends an artist date every week. So the combination of journaling three pages every day and going on a date with yourself just it could be anything, you know, like petting a bunny at the pet store. That's what an example that she gave. (laughs) And so great. (laughs) Yeah. And I would totally recommend that to a law student, the journaling three pages every day, eight by 11, (laughs) eight by 11 sheets. Um, And even though it's for artists, I think it's the same thing. Bar exam law, you're tapping into the highest your, you know, your creativity and helping clients when you are helping and advocating for your clients, you want to be at tapping into that highest, higher part of yourself, highest part of yourself.
0: For sure. I think there's this big misconception that lawyers can't be creative, that we always have to be in our logic state of mind. But mm. if you have a really tricky legal case or a tricky exam question, you really need to find your creativity and be like, how can I work my way around this? issue and it's not just the straight path because it's never the straight path otherwise they wouldn't have to ask a lawyer but you need to get that creativity out as well so a book on journaling and how to release that creativity that's great what did yes. you say in the t- what did you say the title was again the artist's way by Artist. julia cameron I okay name great is. -hmm. Okay. Coming back to this the last two rapid fire questions. What is your number one tip to deal with a toxic work environment? Ooh, get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great tip. I would say the same. (laughs) No,
1: no, I am totally uh, yeah, I'm totally honest. I my first job after passing the bar exam when I moved to Miami, and then I passed the bar exam, and then I had my first job, and I was in a toxic environment. And I stayed there for one year and if I could take it back I would never ever 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 had stayed there for one year so get out as soon as you can the faster it's like being you know with an abusive husband or you know you want to deal with it right away and get out and it's not worth it nothing about it is worth it
0: totally great and tip. I'm grateful
1: I mean it was a great experience but the blessing from that is, I learned to get out of that quickly instead of putting up with it for a year.
0: Yeah. So now you can re- recommend to other people to get out of it so they don't have to experience <laughs> the same things. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. Last question is: If you could change one thing about the curriculum in law school, what would you change?
1: Oh goodness,
0: the lectures. I think. Gosh. <laughs> the, the way they're put together. The, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I'm seeing, I told you I have a 10-year-old son, and now I'm a bar exam coach. So I am seeing how law school is such an archaic model. And um, for today's times, I think kids and young persons uh, focus differently and learn differently. And we are still, they're asked to perform well using that archaic model. And so I think it needs um, some modernization and making it less lecture focused and more interactive and more, um, yeah, more interactive and more tailored to the way people think now and focus now and <clears throat>
0: yeah. great things tip. like that. I totally agree. I would say the same. The amount of lectures I've been sitting at with my laptop just like trying to copy whatever was on the slides or the blackboard to make sure that I had everything for my exam. It's I can't even remember what I wrote down, but it felt like it was important. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a better way to learn difficult stuff like legal cases and and laws in general. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. It has to be.
0: <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanna share with us before we finish up here today?
1: No, thank you so much uh, for having me, Laura. It's been great. Just to recap, um, the the bottom line, I think, is to help someone who is in the legal field struggling to be open to at least experiencing the benefits, giving yoga and meditation a try because the benefits are different than regular exercise. Totally.
0: I definitely agree. And if someone is going to uh, face their bar exam time soon and would like to check out your coaching and anything else that you're offering, where can they find you? Oh, thank you, Laura. <laughs> I
1: uh, My website is Bar Exam Coaching by Johanna. And you can book a strategy call with me Um, I have my calendar there, and that's my preferred method, because that way I can talk to you and see what's going on, what went wrong, what we can troubleshoot, and at least you'll walk away from that call with the next steps for you, whether we end up working together or not, so book a call with me, Bar Exam Coaching by Johanna.
0: That's great. I'll put a link in the description to this episode so people can go and check it out. Thank Thank you, you, Johanna, for being a guest on the Hatha Yoga podcast. It was a true pleasure to have you here and talk to you. And to anyone out there listening to our conversation, thank you so much for listening. As I've mentioned before, this podcast is a totally independent production. So every little bit of support from you truly means so much to me. If you're wondering how you can support the Hatha Yoga podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, or share it with someone you love in the real world or in cyberspace. Just send them a message or share it on social media. You're also more than welcome to send me a message and tell me about your journey. I would love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Johanna.